my people, and that is our village. I'm hungry. How can one man do all this? Kiss my white ass. Suppose he is the man. You know, something more than a man. And there must be women, too. Hey, Diddy Bopper! Throw your balls off! Dreams are only dreams. Welcome to My Movies Better, the triple threat battle of cinema, created by Kevin Harden and Russell Stearns. Damien Pard, Lisa! Holy shit. Welcome to the 20th episode of My Movies Better. I am your host, as always, Kevin James Harden. And wow, guys, we made it to 20 episodes. That's like sort of a milestone. So uh, let's uh, ignore the fact that that's a milestone and let's wait till we get to 50 or 100 or 1,000. Yeah, probably never going to happen. But anyway... Welcome to episode 20 of My Movies Better. I have a very special show lined up for you tonight. Uh, two guests. Uh, one guest you've already heard if you listen to the video game episode. That is Evan. And uh, his buddy John from the Dorkweb podcast. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, they do video game streams and other sorts of nerdy stuff. I'll give them a little bit of time to explain themselves later on in the episode uh for now we're gonna talk about the guy we're doing this whole episode on reb brown tonight we have two reb brown movies the first being your the hunter from the future and the second being robo war reb brown was a former american football player and actor perhaps best known for playing the lead in the television film Captain America and in the action war film Uncommon Valor. Uh, So yeah, he played fullback at USC, I guess, in 1967, and then went on to be in a bunch of really bad movies. We love him. uh, My two guests here brought the movie Yore to my attention. Uh, It's since become one of my favorites. I had not seen it before. Um, however, I had seen him in the film Robo War, which I brought to the table. So sit back, relax, enjoy the very, very 20th of 20th episodes here on My Movies Better.
Someplace in this world we can live in peace with our people. He is from a future world. Trapped in another time. Searching for his past. A hunter of incredible power and strength. In his quest for his origin, he and the woman he loves must fight hostile tribes. Battle deadly beasts. And try to survive the violent forces of a newly born Earth. He is the warrior known as... cut the choice meats. Uh, it's a strange piece of metal. What is it? I don't know. I've had it ever since I can remember. I've never seen another one like it. I have seen a similar medallion. Are they your people? Where? Beyond the mountains. It is worn by a woman. Hunter from the Future, 1983 film directed by Antonio Margaretti and starring Reb Brown, the star of this episode. We have two Reb Brown movies tonight. This is the first of them. I'd like to welcome in my guests, Evan and John from the Dork Web podcast. Say hi, fellas. Yeah. Fun to be here. Man. You're supposed to say hi, fellas. That's a bit. Kiss my white ass. Yes. So, you guys brought this film uh, to me. I had never seen it before. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about why and where did you first see this film? That's a great story. Uh, I saw this film many, many years ago on the internet uh, through another content creator uh, essentially commenting about it. And it was so like wacky and crazy and almost like transcendent that it always stuck with me. And it wasn't until recently that I think, I forget which company did, but a company dug it up from uh, the VHS graveyard Mm -hmm. that resides out there and uh, recreated it for people on Blu-ray. Awesome. Yeah. And so you you guys saw this like together for the first time? We saw this in like high school. This oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, this guy called like the Spoony One or like Noah Antwiler. I'm, I'm not sure sure what he's doing right now, but um, <laughs> sounds like a legendary character. Yeah, he yeah. Because yeah, I've heard of it, but I had never actually watched it, and I like had seen the poster and was aware. Uh, actually, probably more of the comic book that it was based on, 
just from like posters though like not actually read i never read it or anything i just knew of it of its existence but i had never seen it and i had seen our other red brown movie though robo war -War. and i think maybe a couple others because he's been in a few other like terrible ripoff movies like these two he's been captain america that oh that's the other one (laughs) yeah i was like there's another famous one i can't remember yes that was like 1994 Captain America. Oh, so that yeah. was like late, later in his career. So we're going to start off in 1983 with young Reb Brown, all tan with his golden Hulk Hogan hair. Oh. Um, actually, no, his hair's better than Hulk Hogan's hair. Um, so, you yeah. You can't just say that. Yeah, I can. Have <laughs> okay. you seen Hulk Hogan's hair? <laughs> right. It's like. Uh, on uh, How Did This Get Made? Jason Manzoukas said it was like it was like doll hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's I could never get that. Though. Yeah, and I could never get that out of my mind when I see it now. So your the hunter from the future has this, a theme song. It does. Yours world, and you're just living in it. Uh, this film is an Italian, French, Turkish co-production based on the Argentinian comic book "You're the Hunter," and wow. most of the film was shot in Turkey. This was uh, one one of, I think it was actually Margaretti's most uh, financially successful film, but it is also his most scorned film, as it was nominated for three Golden Raspberries and one none. So it wasn't even the worst of the worst that year. Um, so, yeah. What, what is this movie about, guys, would you say? Genocide. Uh, <laughs> Post-apocalysm. Yeah, humanoid typhoon. Humanoid typhoon. <laughs> Bash the stampede. Essentially, yeah. Bash, Bash the stampede. He's a little. Wherever he goes, destruction follows. And he is like a super god from the sky, you know, which is kind of what uh, the what what do they call them? The plants or whatever in Trigun. I haven't watched Trigun in a long time. I want to watch it again. My ex really liked Trigun, so I saw it a lot. So I. I'm pretty sure it's the plants, but yeah, yeah, he's he's essentially like a a, a god, but he doesn't know that yet. He's like a demigod. Yeah, at first he's just a he's just a guy who likes to yell. Who wears it a um, a medallion? He kills things and drinks yeah. the blood. You shouldn't. Basic, I was gonna say he's basically like the goofy dog of cavemen. <laughs> goofy dog. Yeah, he is. He's yeah, because there's like this scene where they're playing flutes and dancing yeah. and stuff. <laughs> And he's just like, yeah, yeah. He's like shouting and clapping and eating a haunch of like an animal. Big goofy smile. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's just a southern boy, I'm pretty sure, from that name, Reb Brown. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine he's not from the, the Confederacy somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so as I was saying to you off the podcast, this movie, I would classify it in the genre of Sword and sorcery, dinosaur, post-apocalyptic, science fiction, space opera, kaiju, romance, movie, um, in a long line of, and I didn't actually know this until I started to like research both these films, in a long line of Italian rip-off movies that weirdly also incorporate the movies of Sergio Leone and the music of, uh, of Morricone. Pray tell. Morricone did music not for either of these movies, but for a bunch of movies with both of these directors. And so, like, they're all part of this, like... And, and technically, 
in a weird way, the spaghetti western is a cheap ripoff of American <laughs> westerns. And they all follow the, the just the fact that somehow those ones turned out really good as opposed to these two movies. But they're all those guys like work together. Like a bunch of the same actors worked on them or crews or like I said, Morricone did music on other films with these directors before he became like super famous in that the 70s insane. and 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so like the the late 70s into the early 80s of Italian cinema was like truly an interesting time. Yeah, I would also kind of describe this movie as kind of like a progressive rock song <laughs> come to life. <laughs> or like a blacklight. A whole album. Yeah, yeah, a whole progressive yeah, rock album. Yeah, concept album about a man. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to say song just because this was... Also, another dark secret I learned about this film or reading it. No, it's not that dark because it's on Wikipedia. Uh, this film was planned as part one of five. five. Yes. <laughs> Truly inspired by Star Wars. This guy was like, hell yeah. I'm going to make five movie. Half naked, red brown. No, I see. I think this movie would have been the only one that was uh, had the prehistoric people. Or, like, then they would have rebuilt society or something. Or maybe it would have been, like, yours, like, son was the hero of the later movies or the something. son of the purple yeah. cavemen. Son of yore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was definitely a, uh, high hopes to turn this into a massive series. Ooh. So just, like, a progressive rock song that has, like, they're like you know when they do that on a progressive rock album where they have like one song title that's it's like part one the crow yeah. part two in the eye of the storm or like the unforgiven part seven you know yeah and it's just like guys this is this is just one seven minute song yeah. no it has seven parts <laughs> each a minute long oh god uh, it's also kind of like a blacklight poster from the seventies just like cavemen warriors. Screaming at flying cars. Yeah. Saucers, yeah. Beans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that for a movie like it, it was like, there wasn't like a whole bunch of like the things that normally make these movies like uh, ridiculous when in, in terms of bad. Like, like for the most part, it kind of like, like felt pretty normal except for like when he hang glided on a bat yeah bat. let's talk about <laughs> yeah, so yeah the highlight of the film the apex well let's work our way up to it so basically your uh shows up he finds this tribe of people and uh we have to talk about his uh like old man partner pig cement, what was pig 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 it's, it's spelled p-a-i-g but whenever red brown says it it sounds like it's spelled p-e-g Pig. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Pig or Pig. He is a skilled gymnast and, like, field crafter. Dude, okay, you are totally already jumping to the part where Pig does the fucking rope <laughs> swing. <laughs> That was that is one of those one of those moments I was gonna point out. I'm sorry. No, but it's it's great. But yeah, uh, so yeah, basically he runs into this guy, old man Peg, who for 
I'm going to say about 45 minutes in the movie until the movie told me I thought was Kala's father, because that's what everybody calls her. Yeah. But he's not. He's just some old guy who's hanging out with her. He's just her keeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Peg and Kala, which is K-A-L-A, and they can't ever say Kala, but okay. Uh, he runs into them and some other people, or they run into him. I can't remember. A dinosaur. Yeah, they're fighting a dinosaur. That's the whole point. I can't remember who's fighting him first. I think it might be the the towns, the the villagers, and then he shows up. And yeah, okay, that scene is fucking bloody. (laughs) So bloody. The movie's like pretty tame until that. Yeah. Oh shit, I'm in for a ride. Yeah, exactly. But the end, yeah, that, that puppet is just covered in blood. And so, yeah, he kills the thing, and then apparently that means that Kala now loves him. And, He's uh, impressed by his, like, <laughs> yeah, hunting prowess. yeah, and that leads them to going to like have like a party that gets interrupted by the sand people, yeah. Oh, yes, the sand, <laughs> yes, the sand people, as they're called, which are uh, like these uh, mummies I'm, almost. Meh. No, no, that was later. I'm sorry, not the sand people. I meant the... Like, um, is it the purple cavemen? The, the yeah, purple cavemen, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's like two the, colors the, of cavemen mm-hmm, in this universe. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the regular or white and, yeah. uh, and These purple. These ones are almost like trogs because they're yeah. just covered in hair. Yeah, they yeah. look like... They look like... Uh, or something from a, an episode of Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they have like... They have like... Um, Lon Chaney Wolfman faces for some own, reason. Yeah, their own customs. They got like these sick caves. Yep, yep. Yeah, and so Water they technology. right they kidnap Kala, and that sets our adventure in motion mm-hmm. for the first time. And so yeah, he hang glides on a bat down into their cave after killing it with a arrow, which quite a combo <laughs> move he pulls off there. Um, and I love that right before that, Peg is like. Look, feast to, of the night. He, yeah, he, no, no, it was, it was that was great too. But the yeah. part where he's like, "You can't go in there. Look at all the sentinels." Or something about that. Like yeah. he's like, hey, "That'd be crazy, basically, to go in there." And he's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> she was a bat. Hand glides on bat into cave. Saves the day. Bat, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. While the theme song plays. Yes. Reprisal. Yeah. Reprisal. Yeah. Um. Well, it plays about fifteen times in the movie. Whenever something badass happens, usually like when like spoiler alert at the end when they fly out in the spaceship and the place blows up, it's like banana like immediately goes straight into the rockingest part of the riff, you know. We didn't talk about the music in Robo War. No, but we will. We will definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna we'll split up. We're gonna first we'll talk about your mainly. You know, obviously if. Anything reminds you of Robert War, you can mention it. But we'll talk yeah. more in-depth oh, about that yeah. after we finish. I jumped the gun. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. So um, so then, I guess it would be, they, he, like, floods the caves. Commits first act of genocide. Yeah, yeah be- he, like, because, breaks the dam, like, water wheel. Well, why, why is it genocide? Explain to our because listeners they're, they're who haven't separate, seen Because they're like, their own, basically, like, Culture. eco-dome of cave cavemen mm. people. With and women and children. With yeah. women and children, the whole thing. They've got a society. A tribe. Beautiful, yeah. bearded children. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, purple cavemen, bearded yeah. children. And, uh, you know, with this act of breaking the dam or the water wheel and flooding the caves, 
none of them are left. They're gone. I think they encounter other cavemen, but they're not those cavemen. Those cavemen are long gone. Even the people they're trying well, to rescue I think the bad have suffered death from that. True. Yes, yes, because there's other people who got captured yes. from the village, and they also drowned. Yes. But to what you were just saying, I think you're right, because I'm pretty sure it's like in right right after that scene it shows that like some of the like the like leader of the purple guys got away and he's like you and then he's like you bastard and throws him one of many times a person gets thrown off of a tall like like a cliffside or a ravine or something like that there's like about five or six times where this happens the cliff and it doesn't do anything (laughs) that's later that's later but that's another one of those times this is when he throws purple leader the purple ogre man leader yeah he throws him into off into a ravine there's also like a part where one of like near the end where one of the androids like fall two of them fall like costumes i'm sure not the actual people um and yes we'll get to that when yor gets thrown (laughs) to what should have been his death which is pretty much right after this but yes because basically they escape um and only yor pig and kala are, are are alive now. All oh. the villagers are dead. I remember where our indiscretion is. What's the that? First cave. He like burns the shit out of everybody with fire. Right. And then yes. the second yes. cave, he floods. <laughs> True. That's what it was. <laughs> well, because yeah, because there's a well. There's also later on a cave people that also <laughs> worship fire so i can see how <laughs> all of the yeah, yeah, yeah exactly it, it, it gets kind of confusing you know this is a this is a dynamic a li- it's a dynamic living breathing world yes um and he's a natural disaster <laughs> here comes your from the future that <laughs> oh, a dick um you because know, another thing i was mentioned to you earlier too was uh that i love is how the movie can't decide like what the what dialect or like era yeah the movie can never decide whether uh like which era it's in so like there's one scene where he's like me hungry and there's other scenes where they're like I don't know. I, there was another line that was like he was uh, that's like so cliche for like medieval movies, like, like you know, uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna remember. But anyway, where so like it, the script just is all over the place for how these people should talk. And sometimes they're cavemen. Sometimes they are have like more words to their vocabulary. They're not just like me speak. Like I'm doing yeah. right now. Or <laughs> Yes, there you go. Thank you. I have never belonged to another man. And that I have never felt the desire, the longing I feel now for you. Beautiful. They're more like you and not like I just was. Like you, not me. <laughs> me conjugate only sometimes. <laughs> uh, yes. So you're, you're killed everyone in the cave and no one cared. And this lead him, leads him to find out that there is a another woman with a medallion. Or maybe he found that out before. Because I know the old guy died. They, they, like, destroyed the village. I think the ogres, like, raided the village. Raising our children to the heavens in homage to the gods. And I remember there's a scene where they're, like, talking to, like, the village elder guy. And he's like, go find the woman of fire. He's like, all right, I'm going to go find this woman of fire. Now be 
about your business. May this day be celebrated with feasting and hunting. And immediately Kala's like, oh my god, this other girl. And this starts a theme that plays out throughout the movie. She gets very jealous. Yes, and I, when I was watching it, I kept every time it would like cut to her in any scene, regardless of who Yor was talking to, I would it, it would make me think of like the MST three K riff tracks thing where they'd be like, "Oh, he's talking to someone else now." <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm just over here now. There must be a tribe of men like you, and there must be women too. <laughs> like she's constantly so worried about anybody just sulking. Yeah, she's like, "Don't go to that woman," basically because I'm jealous. Get up. Only one of us can belong to him. You cannot understand. I understand that one of us must die. And he's like, I'm going to go find that woman, though. All right, so you shut up, and I'll kiss you. And he goes to find this woman, and these are the sand people, I believe. She is like the high priestess of these sand people. Yeah, and they literally carry branches that are on fire. Formidable. Yes, <laughs> very formidable. Um, and they're also they're like dressed like mummies. <laughs> yeah, they, they're very like dry. They almost look like voodoo dolls. I thought of a uh, Dengar. I think his name is from Star Wars. Dengar. Is Dengar. It? He is one of the bounty hunters. Yes. Who's he, in Star Wars for literally two seconds? Yeah. In, uh, Empire. I think he. <laughs> Lore-wise, he has like a South African accent or like Australian. Yeah, basically, I'm pretty sure you're right. I, yeah. He was in um, the Star Wars bounty hunter novel that I had when I was a kid, and uh, that's my dog. Um, yeah, he was in the Star Wars bounty hunter novel that I had when I was a kid, and I don't really remember his story. I just remember the one that was about a Wookiee bounty hunter. That one was sick. It was oh, like, what was it like Lobar or something? I or think what? that was his name. Yeah, it was like film noir though. It was totally. It was like. Like Casablanca or fucking Maltese Falcon had had that sort of feel to it. That's pretty cool. But um, all I know remember about Dengar is that he had like that same like wrap, like it looked like half desert protective gear, half bandages. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I feel like that's what they are going for with the Sand People here, who are named Sand People, obviously not because because anything. Oh no. no, no, totally not. For there are people who live in the sand. legally distinct sand people yeah. from the sand people in Star Wars. And the Tuscan Raiders yeah. actually <laughs> said the guy who made this movie. Um, so yeah, th- that leads him to find this late lady who's also from wherever he's from, and also has a medallion. And there's more of them who are trapped in ice. And she says a really funny line to me where she's like, they get, wa- they, they get water from the little water that is provided by this ice. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do they survive in the desert with just a little tiny bit of water that's off of one ice block in the desert? Like, how is that a good, sustainable... It's a uh, harsh existence. It's a very harsh existence. And apparently they have no clear alternative right. to that. And then they plan to... And they also burn people to death yeah. right next to it, which seems like, you know, but, self de- self-defeating. But I think this is about the time where the, the, the oppression and the cyborgs and the lasers 
uh, coming to play. Well, yeah, it, it's because it, after he destroys this, the fire. Yeah, the then he destroys the fire civilization. Yeah. Okay, the fire and then yeah. and then runs into a third, which we guess we should call these guys the beach civilization. Yeah, they call them the shore people. Yeah, the shore, <laughs> the shore people. That's uh, that's better. There are my people, and that is our village. But the beach civilization people, yeah, they find them, and then. Uh, Immediate and because that well, but first they get attacked by somebody again because I think the 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 somebody attacks them because that's how Roa dies. Was it the purple cave people? Did they come back? Maybe it was. I just watched it this morning and I can't remember. But because basically, yeah, they meet up with with Roa. Yeah, and (laughs) right, and then they they go. And uh, and they get attacked by somebody after it's established that now uh, <laughs> yours gonna have two ladies. And there must be women too. Computer, computer, come in. Yes. First they are attacked by the purple bearded cave people. Next they find a dinosaur attacking the beach civilization people and save them. Damn you, Khan. Oh, no, I thought it was the... Are you talking about when they're in the beach civilization? No, it's before they reach them, because Roa dies, and that leads them to the next part, because it's like, oh... Because I remember there's a scene where Peg is... uh, A line where Peg is like, can't your... your, In our people, men can have many wives. Can't your have two? Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, right after that scene, she fucking dies. And it's like, hey, don't worry, she's dead, all right? And then they go to the, the beach people, and... Immediately when they get there, the guy's like, here, she's your wife now because you saved her. And he's like, no thanks, man. I'm a one-woman man now. Um, I just hated that other chick. Right. I was like, like, I guess, yeah, he's like, "Eh, no thanks. I was like, based on what? You literally had, like, one scene where somebody died where you're like, oh, I don't want to go through that again, or other than one more time, possibly. (laughs) Your emotions run deep. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and then the beach people get attacked by the, the cloud, <laughs> the yeah. floating castle, yeah. which, yes, is when technology invades our story. They get attacked by UFOs. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, uh, yeah, some sort of, like, floating, hovering spaceship. Sort of, I guess, like, in StarCraft. You want a piece of me, boy? When you want to, like, move your command center as a Terran. Man, still stuck in this chicken shit outfit. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> they're just floating around in a cloud, so they like think it's magic or something. Um, but it's also when the movie reveals to you that a it has a guy who's supposed to be like definitely supposed to look like a Jedi in it, who's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and a bunch of uh, I believe androids that sort of look like Darth Vader meets the like Tie fighter pilot. Yeah. Slash like Death Hello, Star. Kitty. Yeah, it's such a yeah, Hello Kitty. Slash, right? slash like um, they're uh, they looked black to me, but maybe they were brown. I think I think that it, because the version I watched, the color wasn't so great, okay. so it could have just been that it was so dark that it looked black. But yeah, they're definitely dark colored. Yeah, stormtrooper like, and even like like the back of their helmet. I swear to God, it's just Darth Vader helmet. Oh yeah, yeah. And then welding mask, <laughs> welding Vader. You know, <laughs> um, so. Uh, and that was real shocking to me um, because I did not, I, I, tr- I, 
from what I knew about this movie, I only knew the Conan Barbarian, the Barbarian part of the movie, yeah. and thought it was only just like a sword and sorcery prehistoric dinosaur fight movie. Because um, yeah, we also kind of skipped over. There's a second dinosaur fight yeah. where uh, he meets up with the the beach people that he saves. Um, so it was quite shocking when all of a sudden it was like, oh, there's an orb <laughs> and there's this guy with a giant claw hand and robots and i was like okay uh, i'm interested now so now how is so at first you're like okay so that's how he's from the future um your must this is his people so they must be like they going back in time and for some reason they're just like floating around back in time or that this movie takes place in the future it could be that because that's what it is because yours from the present yeah. of his time which, which is, is the, the future, future. <laughs> yes so that is why this movie's title is misleading but also true, true at the same accurate. time yes. yeah see kevin you had the luxury of watching this streaming uh but in the physical releases of this uh, if you flip the movie over, it would actually spoil that plot twist right, for you. The back of the, the back, the yeah, case. It has like all these like flying saucers and like robots and like all the all the enemy types yep, that yep, are in the movie. Yep. Great, great. And the original art was like him standing on a pillar with like an axe shouting at like <laughs> nothing. Area Fifty One s like Roswell flying saucers just flying overhead. Okay. Okay. Around. Yeah. Well, because, uh, yeah, the only poster I remember seeing was, like, a super stylized, like, um, what's that guy's name? He did all the, like, sword and sorcery pictures. I'll just edit it in here. But uh, it was, like, Frank something. Computer. Computer, come in. Yes. Frank Frazetta. That guy's art, it rem- it was, like, that style. Like, um, heavy metal, Barbarella okay. type stuff. And uh, when I looked at uh, when I first looked at it, I was just like, oh, that's cool. And saw the sword and sorcery stuff in it. And then I looked at it l- later today after I watched the movie and was like, ah, uh, yes, there are spaceships all over this. And um, so, yeah, that was shocking. But it also was really cool because I was like, great. The one thing this movie was lacking was the laser guns and robots. And now that we have them, we can move on. Um, though I did find it was weird that it gets to that point. I had to check uh, an hour into the movie so an after an hour of it being one type of movie there's only a half hour of it being the second type of movie and introducing the main villain in the final act of the movie instead of any other time before that which sort of makes the whole end of the movie like the most rushed thing ever it's just like here we're here now we're here now we're here now the movie's over it seems it's a common theme <laughs> among the two movies yes yeah they, like, just fuck around for an hour, and they're like, oh, okay, we met the bad... Yeah, like, because in Robobor, it's basically, like, the same yeah. thing, and they're like, oh, fuck, that's the bad guy, it's the robot, let's go. The last half hour of the movie. Um, big reveal in the last ten minutes, too. And uh, it, it's funny because, like, when you're watching the second half of the movie, you could actually, until you see your it's easy to forget like what the rest of the movie is. And then all of a sudden it's like caveman pants. Yeah. Just big goofy smile. Again. <laughs> right. Like, oh, hey, you're and, and, like really. I, bowl haircut. Yeah. It's yeah. It's the hair. It's the, the lack of a shirt 
Uh, but really, I'm saying, man, it's the cave, uh, caveman pants isn't right. Caveman shorts, yeah. really, <laughs> and, and boots, <laughs> like the fur boots. And then the fact that all the future people have like the puffy shirts and they have like the, the white makeup and the like, blonde hair and stuff. It, they kind of look like they're um, it reminded me of the 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 Adam Warlock people that are in the Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget what they they're called, but the like race of clones, um, where they they're like overly stylized and like gaudy in a way yeah. in the movie. Because when they came in, when you first see that guy, one of the like rebellion people who like pulls them into a cave yeah. away from the robot, uh, one of the you know androids that's hunting them, I was like, okay, who the fuck is this dandy <laughs> fellow? <laughs> like, what is I'd he wearing? They're elf like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of looks like actually... all these words are connotative towards elves. Yeah, but it kind of looks like what... Yeah, what I would imagine, like, uh, an animated elf yeah. <laughs> to look like. Yeah, those shoulder pads. They look like yeah. the back of a car from the 50s. You know? <laughs> like, the we the Finns, yeah. yeah. Um, something David Bowie would wear. Yeah, so they... <laughs> David Bowie would definitely wear that. Hey, a side note. Did you know that... Have you seen Blade Runner 2049? I have... That's the new one, right? Yes. I have not. I want to. It's pretty good. I've um, heard. The character that Jared Leto plays in the movie... Jared Leto's in that movie? Yes. But oh, he, God. Hey, he's actually pretty good in it. I didn't mind him. He plays basically the analog for Tyrell. He's the new, like, corporate got leader in the future named Neander Wallace. That character was originally written and was with David Bowie in mind... Or at least, I guess, or maybe it was that the director had wanted to approach him, and then Bowie died. Yeah. So we almost had David Bowie in a Blade Runner movie, which would have been cool. But anyway, I just did a big side note because we mentioned Bowie. I thought what of that. But in so back to your, you also get um, you get this rebellion against the bad future man, the Overlord, uh, led by like I guess a guy who was just like it's Timothy Leary. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this old man with a bowl cut? <laughs> citizen Dr. Timothy Leary. Welcome to the show, Dr. Leary. Now, Timothy, tell me, what is your secret identity? I'm an outlaw. I'm a, a counterculture person, and that's where I like to be, out there on the, on the front lines uh, with my friends. What sort of superpowers do you possess? Oh, you flood your eyeballs. Over overload your uh, your earballs, uh, give you patterns and swirls of color, and uh, making you feel better and better. Yeah, I, the power of using light to uh, to enhance consciousness and to alter consciousness is. It's not even, it's like a long bowl cut too. It's like down to his shoulder bowl cut. I don't, anyway, that guy shows up and he's like, uh, it it really like like highlighted one of the the big problems that I love about this movie, where in a bunch of scenes it's like one two people are just having two distinct conversations with each other that don't align. Like someone will be able to ask a question and the other person completely ignores it and just says a different line that has nothing to do even close to with their question other than the fact that it's like maybe about the same general situation which is the movie. Like like you know, I'll throw in an example here for the listeners. But there are also people who live in peace. Enough. 
Yes. Has the girl gone? Yes. Good. Where is she? What have you done to her? Do not worry. We have planned a revolt for years. And now that Yor, the son of Asker, has returned, he will be our new leader. I don't understand what you're talking about. I want to go join Kalar. Be patient. You'll see her soon. I will attend to the robot memory banks. Go now, Anna. Come on, Tag. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's like they're not even having the same conversation and the movie just plows on through the scene. You're like, wait, I wanted to know the answer to that question too. Like Pag runs into this problem a lot. Like he's like, the technology, explain please. And they're just like, don't worry about it. Like the girl, Dizkala disappears. Where'd she go? Don't worry. We'll see her later. We'll see her soon. And you're like, what the fuck? So I don't know. I loved that part of it. Like I kept laughing out loud when that would happen. Um, there's also the reasoning for the oppression of the cave people by the future people. What's that? It was like the harvest their seed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what he said, and I was like, wait. So your has like the ultimate caveman he, seed. Yeah, yeah, but he's but that's what I didn't get about that because they said, and I was like, but he's from. So are. So wait, now I just think I, I figured it out. They, I mean, because I like was like, haha, seed when they said that. And I was like, I, I mean, I'm guessing they're talking about their sperm, not about seeds. No, dude. But it's I could. Like in Warhammer 40k, the gene seed. Yeah, but I couldn't tell if they were actually talking about that or like they actually they got their crops. Like it was yeah. like a, you know, a feudal lord vassal system going on here. His seed tie. So all people on the planet or whatever, wherever they are, this place they live, they're all descended from the sky people, the future people, the technology people, whatever you want to call them, or just yours. Like, do you have to have a medallion to be descended from them? Or, like, are the other tribes people, like Kala and Pig, are they also related? Like, are they the seed? Like, do they, like, throw back the, like, bad seed? Maybe, maybe it's like maybe they just sh- they shoot. I believe it's shooting it back. They, well, they, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever seen Ergo Proxy? No. It's kind of okay. In Ergo Proxy, it's which is kind of like a weird, yeah. It's like dystopian, post-apocalyptic, future mashup type thing. But basically, people the people in the the main story live in the city. And they get rid of people who are undesirables who then live outside of the city in, in like a wasteland. And the city itself, though, is like a technological marvel that is completely like contained and everything's perfect in it. And outside is a wasteland. So like they throw people who are like useless to society out and they all live outside. And every once in a while, they just kill a bunch of them for the fuck of it. Like, so, it, it, I wondered if it was a thing like that. Like, that's they have like, their... That's pretty badass. <clears throat> like, Overlord has this, and the people live in this society. Yeah. And the society takes the seed of the people on Earth, and then, what? <laughs> Makes more of them with it? And then sends some of them... traits and... Like, like so, like, is your half... We'll just say human, mm-hmm. half... Sky people. Sky people. And and so is Roa or whatever her name is. So that's why they live on Earth. Like, and they abandon them with their medallion because they have like, 
They're like, oh shit, they're Super Saiyans. They're, because they're half and half, they're the perfect being. And then they just send them up into space. And uh, what happened with fucking yours, he hit his head when he was a baby. Which made him not be like the overlords. Dude, I should, this should be the secret backstory. But you know, I wonder about that because the movie never clears that up. What the seed was all about. You'll have to see the uh, the novelization. Yeah, the yeah. five part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the other four parts. Yeah. Well, answer that for me. Um, yeah, because then basically it's like the rebellion people are like, we got to take down the overlord. He's like generally a good guy, but now he's got mad with power. Yeah. And yours like, okay, me do that. <laughs> um, and then they're like, okay, let's do that. So they attack and fight the overlord and the overlord's army of robots and they win and they blow him the fuck up. And actually, Yor impales him in a scene that was so confounding to me when, like, it was so big, runs up with a gun. And, and first of all, Yor, like, had him dead to rights with his gun and throws it away, like, uh-uh, we're doing this hand-to-hand combat yeah. style. And the, the Overlord is just like, boo, like, holds up his hand and shines a light from his hand and starts, like, going to, like, escape into an elevator that I guess was going to take him up to, like, a, a thing that was, like, going to... A Yeah, or he's going to, like... It was something bad. He was like, he's going to yeah. press a button. I was like, I don't know what's going on at this point. <laughs> I just know they got to stop him. I was like, Peg doing what's right. going on with the star. Yeah, well, and then Peg runs up, and he's like, don't worry, Yor. I got a, a back in right now. Let me shoot him. And Yor grabs his gun, throws it away, grabs a pole, and throws it impale through the elevator glass, impaling the Overlord. Yeah, he grabbed, like, a utility pipe or something, and just threw, yeah. like, a javelin at Yeah, him. it looked like it was, like, one of those things that's at, like, a, like, traffic crossing. Like, 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 like the, you know, like, like, yeah, like a railroad crossing. Yeah. Like, it was like a bar that comes down to stop you from driving through. And he threw it at him. Yeah. And then, so he gets impaled by it, and it also snaps off inside the elevator. And then he continues to ride up with the piece of the pole sticking out of him and can't make it in time to, and now I'm just realizing it as I say this, this is very similar to the way that RoboWar ends. Um, yeah, can't make it in time to the button. And uh, big explosion because they turned the, the place, his like pal- palace or whatever, so, into a bomb. Obviously, it has self-destruct like button somewhere. Right. Well, but like somebody said, we'll turn it into a bomb. There's yeah. also this one really. I think it was the Resident Evil uh, yeah. you know, architect. Yeah, that works. That yeah. works. Yeah. Um, Not the last time they decided to turn a building into a bomb. No, no, as we'll see. Uh, but there's also a really awkward cut in that part um, where where the Timothy Leary, like leader of the rebellion guy, he's like reaching on the console for a button, a point where it's like about to be this explosion that you know is gonna happen. It's gonna kill the bad guy. So you're like kind of watching what he's doing. It's like he's gonna, he's gonna. Okay, no, no. Oh, 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 there he goes. He got the button that time. So they kill the Overlord. Um, and we, for the final time, get to hear yours theme song, which throughout this podcast you will have heard 
this song. Just oh. like you're probably hearing it right now in I'm the background. So I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy uh, to share the, this with everyone. This is the best <laughs> yeah. theme song ever. Yeah. Yours first. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like a forgotten theme song. <laughs> it is a little actually, dude. The song is fucking killer. That that like that one like breakdown yeah. part that's like. Da, 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 da. I was I listened to it a lot today, so I was making a little Something beginning about thing. Fearing the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah, it's it was definitely uh, it's definite definitely a classic. It actually has a little bit of that like progressive, like not even not progressive rock, but like uh, adjacent to progressive rock, like Boston and ELO of that type, who like had those like misleading progressive rock album covers, but then the inside didn't sound like Yes or King Crimson at all. <laughs> It's kind of like that. It's like, uh, you know, they put like a dragon and a bikini chick and like a robot with a laser gun in the cover. And you're like, damn straight. It's like something out of heavy metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Uriah Heap song. Oh, God. <laughs> Yo, and also another, another thing I wrote was, uh, you're a Star Wars story. <laughs> you know. May as well be. It's all start, it starts on Tatooine and it ends on uh, the Death Star basically um so yeah i will give this movie uh five medallions out of five (laughs) i really enjoyed it uh i'll definitely like i said i think i said i don't sure if it was on the podcast or just in general to you guys uh, i'm definitely gonna buy a blu-ray copy of it eventually because i need i need it and i love it and i want to see like a just a better picture it's an exceptional film yeah it is it's fun so thank you for bringing that to the table we're gonna take a short break and then we will talk about red brown's second feature tonight 1988's robo war continuing february february drug addicts and bleeding targets i bet they got aids too on playing if you're looking for kicks bill you can always kiss my white ass big ass motherfuckers Here we have Corporal Neil Corey, expert heavy weapons, top marksman. Private Larry Garino, crack reconnaissance, known as Diddy and Diddy Bop. Ex-Vietnam medical officer, Alfred Bray, dubbed Papa Doc. Sonny Peel, martial arts expert, his friends call him Blood. Young Quo, forward scout and point taker, renamed Quang, carryover from the Vietnam campaign. And this is our coordinator, Major Murphy Black, multi-decorated field officer, better known as Killzone. Why do they have nicknames? You should know what the group is called. Bam. Bam. Big-ass motherfuckers. Our second film tonight in the February double feature is 1988's Robot de Guerrera, or Robo War, starring Reb Brown, of course, and uh, Catherine Hickland and Massimo Vanni. It was directed by a legendary Italian uh, B-movie director, Bruno Matte, or Matte, I'm not sure how to say his name, under his most common pseudonym, Vincent Dawn. So I actually did not know this. 
Uh, I have seen about five or six Vincent Don movies. I never knew that it was th- that this guy directed these movies. So interesting. Um, and like I believe I mentioned before, it was written by the husband and wife team of Claudio Fargasso and Rosalita Drudy, who wrote and directed Troll Two, one of my favorite movies. Um, and so it is a, it is Predator. It's Predator. It's Predator. It's Predator. <laughs> yeah, but predator. worse, worse. But yeah, but bad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like cheaper. Like it's pred- poor man's Predator. It's Predator if Predator had way more running around in the jungle, and way less of the main characters dying. Uh, or because they kind of shrink down all of the main characters dying into like ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like spreading it out and. There's also, I feel like there's like a bit of influence of movies like The Thing in this too, with like the uh, masculine camaraderie of the guys and the um, the Papa Doc character. It reminded yeah. me for some reason of Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> I feel like Wilfred Brimley could have like played hippie. him. Yeah, yeah. He's like a hippie medic, which... Yeah, he's like the hippie in the Vietnam War, I guess. Yeah, which I guess, yeah, it makes sense. This movie definitely is, like, highly influenced by the Vietnam War, which by this time was, like, ten years finished. Yeah. So uh, this movie had a score to settle with the Vietnam War, though. Except it took place in South America. It did. Yeah, I think Mexico is where it was actually shot, though. Um, because all the people, well, I mean, all the people were speaking Spanish, so that's not a yeah. way to determine it. But I was reading something earlier, and I could have sworn it said Mexico. I don't have it here, so. But uh, I may be wrong. But um, it definitely was in South America, yes. Yeah. Um, which is also where uh, this other movie, uh, Predator, yeah. was shot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took place, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it basically, uh, I mean, I guess the easiest way even the intro, it was like da 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 da. Yeah, it was yeah, almost it was like that. Totally, the predator. It was the. I'll play play something in the background yeah, here. Yeah, it was the predator theme. Time. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was totally just the predator theme. Just you know, it was like, hey. Here, listen to this Predator theme. But with also crazy yeah. robo like that. Now, like, yeah, yeah, now exactly. recreate that on your synthesizer. <laughs> with the robot voice. Um, so we're first introduced to uh, our uh, Dylan, you son of a bitch character from this movie, who is uh, some sort of agent who's being sent there by some sort of military guy. Who also introduces our unit, our special unit, uh, the big bam, the bam, bam. Right? bam, bam, the big ass motherfuckers, big ass motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, because uh, motherfuckers is one word. It wasn't bam, but anyway, uh, which is no opportunity. Yeah, they weren't yeah. badass motherfuckers. They were no. big ass. Okay. Now, isn't that what that on the guy from Overwatch's belt buckle? Yeah. Oh yeah, McCree, badass yes. motherfuckers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, so this is the team of Neil Corey, who didn't get a nickname, and I actually had to go back and check that. I was like, wait, everybody else got a nickname, but that, the old guy didn't get a nickname. So Neil, uh, Diddy Bop, uh, Papa Doc, Quang, Quang was the MVP. Yes, um, Blood, 
Who's uh, a who is a black guy? Yeah, Ugh, that was. I thought we named for Quang. No, no, Quang was his was his name was code name. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure because I wrote them all down as the code names. No, I mean you're probably right. Yeah. I just didn't know blood was bad guy. No, no, blood was the yeah. There's a fair amount of slurs in this movie. In fact, I'd say there's more slurs in this movie than, than Crash. Yeah. This movie did more for ra race relations though too because later on you find out that the white guy and the black guy are friends. A friend. Just like this movie, uh, it's called Predator. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yes, and of course, the the commander of the unit, Major Murphy Black, aka Killzone. Kills. Oh yeah, Killzone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, talk about the way they're like smoking weed on the boat, just like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They. That's not the only time that they smoke weed either. They yeah. do it later on too. He's like, I really needed that. <laughs> like, he's like, and then he's guys. killed for it. Yes, he is. Because just like in the movie Scream, you don't want to do drugs or the robot will kill you. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so the big-ass motherfuckers. Big-ass motherfuckers. Uh, they're going to be heading on down into South America uh, on a mission. I don't know what the mission that they think they're on is because I don't remember it ever being expressly stated. And whenever they ask, it's like a weird pause, mm. and he's like, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah, I can't tell you. It's privileged information. Dead weight. Listen, asshole. I'm in command here. Yeah, they basically get down on the ground and they start immediately shooting into the tree line. Come on, or else I'll throw your balls off. Yeah. Okay, so I want to know if we have any like veteran or military personnel listening. Yeah, um, please write please in. It, please write in. It's <laughs> an actual tactic where if you come across a buddy firing indiscriminately, screaming into a direction, do you immediately join him in firing at whatever could be nothing? I mean, I don't know because I am not one of those people. But I would say the better that happens thing a lot in this film. The better thing to do would be to not fire indiscriminately in the in the direction they are, not knowing what they're firing at. Uh, just basic rule of thumb: you don't want to kill anybody if you don't have to. Yeah. You know, which uh, actually does happen. But we'll talk about yeah, that later. Yeah. That being said, within the first thirty minutes of the film, they managed to kill two corpses, so that's going to count. For true. Something. Yeah. True. Yeah, that was confusing to me too because I was like. Uh, I haven't seen this movie in probably like five or six years, and uh, watching it today, I was like, kind of struck by thinking, what, is the robot eating them? It's like, not clear. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, he went at him like a melon baller. Yeah, I'm like what? It's a robot. His guts have been ripped I, out. It looked, it looked like a skeleton with no meat right. on it. It's like, oh, you can tell his guts have been ripped out. Like it makes sense in Predator because you have, you know, the Predator is like eviscerating them and yeah. and, and hanging them up like they're cleaning like trophies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cleaning his kill. That's literally the line. He's like, yeah, yeah he's cleaning. His kill. Yeah, like he's a hunter, but the robot, they're just like, you know, he's just an indiscriminate killing machine. Yeah. And so I also wondered if I was like, wait a minute. So did they actually see the robot every time? And it just so happened that the robot was also where the corpse was. So they just like came across the corpse over and over again. Because other than that, it really doesn't make sense. But they don't. They don't see the robot, apparently. It's the True, because the robot leaves, I It's guess. like the invisible yeah. predator. Yeah. Right, right. It's always lurking while loudly shouting out its code. <laughs> it's just true. And there's even the scene where, like... You can like it's like in the distance, like they can just barely like like where oh, like yeah, they like can the hear it. Or, like snarl, but yeah, it's just like yeah. a robot loudly shouting. Um, yeah, I I definitely uh oh, there's the part where he's like, what did you say here and uh and say your name? 
every 30 oh, seconds. Yeah. Dude. He's like, yeah, I'll do that. Fuck you. How yeah, about that? Fuck yourself. You go fuck My yourself. name is fuck yourself. Um, what I wondered about, uh, what I love about that, uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie, is the relationship between Reb Brown and uh, Masher is his name, played by Mel Davidson. He is, okay, so he's the guy who takes the place of the character uh, in this movie, Predator, <laughs> which this movie is based on who... Um, oh, Predator. Uh, yeah, yeah, Predator. Uh, what's his name? Um, Some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan! You son of a bitch. Carl Weathers. Yeah, Carl Weathers. So he, this guy is like the okay, Carl... Right, he's like the Carl Weathers character in this movie, essentially. He is like supposed. He's like the other agent who's not a part yeah. of the group who's being sent in to essentially monitor them. But also later you find out he created the robot and might be controlling it, possibly. But then no. But then maybe. But then he has a device that can kill it. What does that belt do? That Chang, uh, Chang, Quang, Quang, <laughs> right. Quang. I, I, I wanted to not say something offensive. <laughs> Well, don't worry, because the movie already has by say using the f word in yep. the first five minutes, and uh, somebody gets called uh, uh, the a, a racial slur for an Italian person. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. I was actually wouldn't have been surprised if they just dropped straight up n bomb in this movie. <laughs> just like he just Rebra just turns to the camera <laughs> and it's like whoa. Yeah, right um, whoa. But yes, yeah, so, so so sorry, I totally forgot what you're just saying. Uh, oh yeah. He throws. He takes the belt off the guy and throws him to the river. What does that belt do? Is he controlling oh, the robot? No, because he well, he says it. It does something to the robot, but he's not sure how. From not killing me. No, it's not even that. It's some sort of. It's like he describes it as a weapon they could have used against the robot, and because then he's like, "Now we can't." Yeah. But. Uh, that guy is such he's like the unreliable narrator character yeah. where he just keeps lying about everything and i can never tell i don't even think the movie knows what the truth is about any of that shit because like he's it seems like i thought he was lying about the detonator because there's a scene where he pulls out the detonator yeah. when the robot isn't near them and he's like no i can't but then later he's like you can only use it in close range. And I was like, oh, he's lying about that. And then he's not lying about that. So it's like, okay. So he says that it's, yeah, he says, like, it's a weapon we could have used against him. And now we can't because you guys threw it in the river. Yeah, you know. Um, but I don't know. It could have been something else. Because it definitely, like, stands out in uh, one of my other favorite scenes from the movie, the half an hour river crossing. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. oh, man, poor Papa Doc. <laughs> well, like, literally, it takes so long for them to get through the scene. Like, I get it, what needs to, you know, happen in the scene, but it doesn't need to take 20 minutes of them crossing the river before finally they get attacked. And, you know, it's like, it's like, all right, let's all go one by one. Like, no, why couldn't, like, it have been, like, the first guy goes with, like, two of them, and then Doc and, and Reb are going to go. Like, it just, it, it I don't know. Even then, not only does he snatch him away, he is left somewhere else. Yeah, and he just leaves him finds there. A, finds his way back to the people and is immediately snatched back again. Yep. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so they can see. Yeah. yeah, just so they can fuck with a main character. <laughs> and, and with poor Papa Doc. But yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. This, this fucking movie was only a certain amount of time long, right? So I, I always wondered if it was like Papa Doc, he gets separated from yeah. them, right? 
and then he wakes up in the jungle. He's yeah. like, oh, what happened? Yeah. And he's trying to find them. And then uh, they he got, some, the you know, yeah, and he gets dragged away. And then later on, they're like, shit, this movie's only an hour long. Yeah. We need to, like, throw in some more padding. So they shot this really long river crossing scene because it just, it, yeah, like you said, it doesn't connect why the thing didn't just kill him. Like, it should have been just, okay, you never yeah. see Papa Doc again. He fucking drags him underwater. Machines and, don't play around. Yeah, he drowns him, kills him, whatever. Um, no, he just, like, cut. He's uh, by a riverbank. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, which then leads to uh, them starting to get picked off, really, for real, one by one. <laughs> it's a budget. Oh, oh the sneaky little bastard. They're using the same technique as the Charlie. Easy, man, easy. Oh, Papa Doc's gonna patch you up and make you strut real good. Ah, quit your belly aching, Peel. Look at it this way. Now we all gotta smell your feet, and they ain't gardenias. Just let me get my hands on that motherfucker. I swear to God, just for one minute. Before this, there's a solid, I don't even know, maybe like 40-ish minutes of just like running to one place, gunning <laughs> down a tree, like running to another place, gunning down yes. another tree. Yeah. And I mean, granted, there is a lot of that in Predators, so yeah. they definitely, you know, they know their source yeah. material. We need to talk about this movie's soundtrack, too, which mm. almost has like a Lord of the Rings-esque, like, kind of journey segment. But then goes into, like, hardcore, like, 80s pop. Yeah. I, I definitely can see what you're saying. There's definitely some, like, fantasy yeah. realm like, <laughs> music. Yes, yeah, so they're, ah, yes. Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> um, and, oh, and, and the ending sequence. We'll get to that. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, because this movie hasn't has still has a few tricks up its sleeve. That's true. You <laughs> thought it was just ripping off the classic Predator, but it has some more movies to rip off before it's done. Yeah, so it, while in the in the midst of them running around the jungle, because like I would say, generously ninety percent of the movie is them running around in the jungle, shooting at something, running around some more. Um, like at one point they come to a bridge and they run into some people being chased by rebels, I guess. Yeah. Just like greasy Italian guys. <laughs> yeah, they are like the greasiest looking guy. They're like, find all of the bad guys from all the spaghetti westerns and get them in this movie. He's running away, like, riding, like, horses and donkeys. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, jeeps. And, and them down. one of them is a white woman. Yeah. So you know who's surviving this scene. <laughs> the white woman. And, of course, she is Red Brown's now gonna be his love interest. Yeah, he needs one. Um, her name, do you know her name? Uh, I just know her as, like, UN woman. She is described on Wikipedia. And so I had to do more research into this because I was like, nah, that can't be right. And that's what it says in the credits, too. Virgin. What? Virgin. The fuck? Yes. That's awesome. Catherine Hickland as Virgin. So Isn't I don't know if that's her name. Just virgin? Yeah, I don't know if that's a noun or an adjective. <laughs> this whole movie yeah. is from the perspective of Red Brown. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's a virgin. <laughs> so yeah, he's like mm, virgin, yeah. and he zooms in on that big time. And uh, uh, Dylan is like, <laughs> "She's dead weight. Yeah, leave her behind. <laughs> leave her behind." And he, he's wait. like, "Oh, whoa, dude, yeah. <laughs> chill. We're not doing that." Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, now they have, just like 
in Predator, now you have your tag-along love interest for the main character. Um, and so... Uh, right she tells them about the hospital oh, yes. encampment. Yes, yeah. so it's, they find out about the hospital encampment. And that also, like, uh, everybody was slaughtered there yeah. by the rebels. By the rebels. And they took the children. Yes, they took the children. And then don't they, then just actually, they don't they find the children? Yes. And she, like, freaks out. Yeah, yeah. they gun them down. Yeah, they, because like, gun down the she, so she tells them exactly where this camp is and yeah. that there are children in this camp. And so they go in, guns blazing, like, human rights violation Vietnam style. Yeah, yeah. Just like in Predator. Just like in <laughs> yeah, Predator. would be proud. Indiscriminate, like, grenading and mm-hmm. just even stray firing yeah, machine it's guns. Like, like, thatchwork yeah, buildings. It makes Anakin... Killing everyone inside indiscriminately. It makes Anakin killing all those sand people look like a walk in the park. Okay. <laughs> you mean the uh, sand people from your? Yeah, no, the sand people from Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, uh, legally distinct sand, okay. people. sand people. There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, that after that massacre... Um, I think, well, because there, there's also, we missed the part where, for, there's another earlier scene that I loved where uh, the the uh, uh, blood gets uh, the nail board trapped. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he, and then later he's like totally fine, yeah. even though that would be seriously bad for your foot oh, and yeah. your ankle. You would not be walking after that. He man. is seen limping, though. He limps a little bit. Yeah. He's like, I go walk it off, you know. And then he goes yeah, to he smoke some weed. Yeah, yeah, he smokes like, a joint. Uh, with another character we haven't mentioned quite enough yet who has the fantastic name, Diddy Bob. Dorito! Oh yeah, um, is he an Italian guy? He's yeah, basically he's Italian guy. Yeah, yeah. Diddy Bop, uh, who is played, yeah, he's a uh, Private Larry Garino, played by Massimo Vanni, mm-hmm. the third top build actor in this. Uh, they are buddies. Like, have you ever seen the movie Killer? The Killer. I'm sorry. The uh, uh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, Chai Young Fat movie. It's part of the Hong Kong series, like Hard Boil, I The Killer. Them, oh, they're so good. Okay, well, I'm going to throw it in for the listeners, but yeah, buddies. If you see that movie, you'll know what I mean, talking about best buddies, because in that movie, there's just a, a part where it's like, you are my buddy in the dub. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, they're like best friends. They're uh, army buddies. Uh, Spartan, very Spartan of them, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, and Blood dies. Uh, he's killed, I believe, by the robot. Yeah. And that leads um, Private Larry to go ape shit, just like, uh, what was it? I think Jesse Ventura yeah, when in Bessie, Predator. When Jesse Ventura gets killed. Um, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a role reversal here. Yeah. In this case, it was the black guy run, in Predator running into the jungle. In this case, it was the white guy doing that i forget that guy's name he's a fantastic actor he's been in a lot of arsenal mm. and he has one of the most frightening looks just like in general his yeah. look is just scary he's a int- gigantic intimidating man with creepy eyes um so yeah he runs off in the jungle they go after him and at first they only find like his forearm and hand okay. <laughs> was blown off by the robot and I don't. I still don't think at that point they still don't actually know what it is that's hunting them. Yeah. Uh, though uh, the the guy who created it does hint a bunch of times, like this scene where he's talking to Virgin Girl, yeah. and he's like, "Oh well, you know, maybe he's a machine. You never know." <laughs> like, and, and it's discovered that the hand is holding dog tags. Yes. Oh yes. On the, yes. So 
this is we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, so the dog tags were in Larry's hands. Yes. So Larry found the dog tags, or ripped them off of the robot when the robot attacked him at close yeah. range. I think that's what happened. It just dawned on me right now. I'm just putting this together. I think that is mm. probably what happened. That or for least, some reason the robot has the dog tags on it. Correct. Correct. Well. Because that's, it, I mean, spoiler alert. Spoiler We might as well skip to it right yeah. now. This movie is a lie. It's not content, though, like I said earlier, to just rip off Predator. No. It wants to take it a step further and also rip off RoboCop. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I ever saw it years ago, I thought that in this scene, I was like, oh, man, wouldn't that be hilarious? That'd be so funny if this movie also was going to rip off RoboCop and that guy is Woodward. It was especially in the scene when when it got to the part where he was having the flashback yeah. of him dying in, in his arms. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh. And now it's like, oh, it's so obvious that that's what, you know, obviously that's what the outcome of that is going to be, that it's his buddy. So yes, uh, just like in RoboCop, um, our masher here is a stand-in for that, that god-awful guy who created RoboCop. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's it's perfect timing because I decided the other day I was like, "Fuck it, might as well watch RoboCop one more it's time." A good decision. Yeah. So it 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 really made the the um the connections between the movies really stand out. And I was like, "Oh, they totally based him off of that character, where it's like he's really a douche and he's like, you know, uh, a sniveling '80s like type character who's just like, oh, look at this guy. He's trying to be slick, but he's a dork, basically. Yeah. You know." I can't comment on Delta City. That's not my division. But I will tell you this. At Security Concepts, we're projecting the end of crime in old Detroit within 40 days. There's a new guy in town. His name's... Oh, oh, oh. Um, also, the outfit of uh, the cyborg is basically just a Mad Max villain. Yeah. It's, I was actually going to say, he, he looks... When the mask is down, he's a Power Ranger. Yeah, he yeah. kind of looks like a Power Ranger suit. Or, like, you know what the biker mice from Mars were wearing? Can you no. like picture that in no. your head? I can. I had like, it's like the style of the show Biker Mice from Mars, basically, minus the mice heads. Like if they had their helmets on. Okay. That's what it looks like to me, and I think this predates Biker Mice from Mars, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's where they got the idea. But yeah, it's like a mo it's. I think it's like a, a motorcycle suit yeah. with stuff. Put on it just got it and green leaves right well because both these movies uh used a lot of like really good like practical effects in the costuming and in in locations like i actually was thinking about this earlier i forgot to mention it when we we're talking about your the end of your a lot of it in the future area it takes place in like a factory <laughs> like it's just oh, the, sure the, it's literally you're looking around like this is just like a, a, a like warehouse or a factory that they're in and they just were like oh let's go to the the boiler room because that looks technological you know Ooh, look there's like pipes and stuff yeah so yeah i feel like they just like they just took like a motorcycle suit and like put some stuff on it and they just spray painted it yeah um because even the it's definitely a motorcycle helmet and the visor comes up and you see his human eyes his human face yeah kill me you didn't you, you that's I asked you to put me out so his whole character arc so okay in predator dutch's character arc is really the avenging of his team yeah so it all is a self-contained character arc 
this movie, his character arc is uh, uh, Red Brown is avenging the death of his friend in a way, but really because he doesn't know until literally, I'm not even kidding, the reveal happens in the last 10 yeah. minutes. So the last 10 minutes of the movie, he doesn't know who it is. It's really about him coming to grips with the fact that he didn't kill his friend when yeah. he was dying. Yeah. If he'd only killed his friend, he never would have been in this situation. So Which is avenging, but revenging. Revenging, yes. Revenging. Node. Did you say nerd? Not nerd. Node. Oh. It is kind of a weird thing for the movie to say, though. Like, it's definitely not, it definitely missed the whole anti-war message yeah. of Predator and just went straight to the pro-war message that's not in Predator that this movie has. Man, really should have just, like, euthanized him right there. Right? Um, and, yeah, so... It, it, there... Oh, and then the hard cut at the end, where it's just him leaving the explosion, and then, bam, like, crazy guitar solo, and then it just quickly switches through like a portrait yep. of the robot and just stays there. Robot walk. Right, and then and then it like yeah runs down like the cast and yeah. everything. Well, it's also how the movie starts. The movie literally starts and it's like helicopter. Oh my god, stuff yeah. is happening. What's uh, going on? Yeah, exactly. So like it, it which is also funny because it it uh it takes pains to go further than Predator. It adds the scene that Predator just talked about. <laughs> because in Predator, they're like, that's why they're going down there. Is because, like, the first team or whatever that they got to, I mean, that's the fake mission. Yeah. You know, they have to go find the other team. So you get to see the other team. So I guess that's the same, because we were questioning that earlier. That was their mission, too, to, I guess, to go find out what happened to this helicopter that crashed at the beginning. But it's so abrupt at the beginning, I was like, oh, well, here here we go. Here the, we movie, the movie's yeah. starting, I guess. You got these um, weird reports of robot noises. And a helicopter was shot down by a laser yeah. beam. Like a big purple laser beam. Yeah. Um, we also skipped uh, probably the most ridiculous part of this movie, uh, which is when someone straight up boots a falcon. Oh, yeah. oh man. <laughs> There's a highlight. I I like how you can't tell who it is. It's just a boot. One of them just kicks just this fucking <laughs> yeah. boot. Yeah. And it's definitely a falcon and not yeah. like a crow, even though it's over a dead body. So like you just it's like see it in a the crow. in the front ground, like earlier yeah. in the shot, and then later as they're storming into position. The guy just punts it like a football. Yeah. Well, I think it's no like reason. I think it was supposed to be like, oh, it's like squawking. Oh. So he's like, shut up. And like kicks it. Is not good at technique. But Wait, yeah. wasn't it like feeding or it was a, it was like a carrion bird, it was feeding on a corpse, right? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, it's like shoe animal and he's like kicks it. But it was definitely a bird of prey. Yeah. It was like a the thing I love is that it's probably like a stuffed falcon yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um yeah, so the I would say my best the best way to describe this movie is like a leisure stroll through the jungle, random shooting at nothing. Um, but also it's Predator. Uh, and a series of missions that are not their business. They but, kill a group of children. Uh, they also, yeah, ch children's genocide, just like in your. Um, yeah, Red Brown's really at the center of a lot of that. Yeah, it, he is. <laughs> Red Brown has now been in two movies I know of. He's where a walking cataclysm. He leads the death of children. Um, and so, yeah, the finale basically is he he loses everyone in the group one by one. They're picked off uh, except for him and Virgin. And uh, leads to a one-on-one -on -one confrontation, just like in Predator, 
Um, oh, including, yeah. we forgot to mention this, uh, uh, I forgot his name too, I almost said Chang. Quang. Yeah. Uh, doing literally the same thing that Billy does in, in Predator. Predator. Yeah, except he didn't, like, score his chest True. or something. Mine is cutting himself, but yes. he does take off his shirt, tell them to go ahead and pull out his gigantic knife that's really a sword, basically. Like a machete. Yeah. But then he, like, knight-style wields like, the machete. And exactly. Like, marches forward. Yep. Um, and uh, into his death. Yeah. Which gives them just enough time to get to the shoreline and find a boat. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, the old guy who didn't have a nickname. What was his oh, name? yeah, the Italian guy. Yeah, when he gets killed, the other he just, guy. like, Punches him in the chest and he just like spits blood into the camera. Yep. <laughs> it's a very jarring scene. Yeah, that was a scene where I felt really bad for whoever like owned that camera. Yeah. They were like, definitely do not tell whoever we rented this camera yeah. from that we did that because they spit b- fake blood all over the lens. Just ugh. And yeah, so everybody dies. They get chased to the shoreline um, where they find a boat, but. And they also, they like, they because oh, I think actually before they find the boat, because there's a weird, it's one of those movies where like day, like Samurai Cop, where day and night mean nothing to the film. Oh yeah, before they find the boat, they find the hospital, and then they try, and she's like, we're going to make a bomb. We're going to turn the hospital so into a bomb. she used to work at the hospital. Yep. And the first thing she says upon seeing what she used to work at, she says, we're going to turn the hospital into a bomb. Exactly. That's exactly what she They're going to lure the robot into the, the place. And yeah. so... Um, oh, and also, while they're at the hospital, he, because uh, they have, like, a standoff. Yeah. And in the standoff, uh, uh, the, the guy who created the robot reveals to them that he has the kill switch, but also it has to be used, like, standing right in front of him, which is the worst design I've ever fucking yeah, heard. it's, like, 80s remote technology. Yeah, where yeah. He's like, well, you kind of have to be, like, right there. You need to aim yeah. it, and it needs to hit him at the center of his forehead. Right, right. It's like, why is this right. so difficult? <laughs> So, so like, he tries to do it, and the robot kills him. And then the other, then, you know, the old guy tries to grab it, and he gets killed. So <clears throat> they escape, and the robot, I, I assume, gets his hands on it because he has it later. Yeah. Um, and so th- once everybody else except for our, these last three have, have died, and they're at the, well, they're, before that, he, the, the guy who created it gives him a tape recorder. And he's yeah. like, listen to this when you're all, yeah, if you're the last one alive. Which is so weird of a way of doing it, because, like, literally, it wouldn't have mattered whatsoever if he told everybody. Like, it wouldn't have helped or hindered their situation other than to help, perhaps, Reb. And maybe he could have been like, well, let me try to talk to him, and maybe we can, like, literally stop everyone else from dying but yeah. no so so when he finally when they finally like meet back up he's like martin martin it's you know and while yeah. the robot's choking him and the <laughs> robot fucking opens up his visor and you see the guy who wrote troll 2 yeah. <laughs> play and he's like oh hey you know looks at him and then he's like, ah, and punch, rip, rip, punches him. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you were doing so good. Why did you hit him all yeah. of a sudden? He was like, calm you, you down. Just reach, you just, you know, you're, you're reaching him there. Then right. You shove him across the room right. in disgust. <laughs> exactly. Like, I reject you now. Um, I hate you. Yeah. yeah. I hate you. So then they, like, she, like, grabs some some oil or something, uh, alcohol. Like acid, medical acid. I don't, I don't know. know what it was. Yeah, because it definitely. Hospital fluids. It affected him like like acid because yeah. when you see when you see him later he's all like melted like it was acid 
But also, it was kind of like it was supposed to blow up. Yeah, yeah. Like dumps a bunch of like stuff on the floor. Yeah, and then they run out, and the robot just stands there as they blow up the yeah. place. And then they, and it, it, that was what I was talking about earlier, where it's like Samurai Cop. Like at that point, they were shooting in like the late afternoon. It looked like. Yeah. Or, or it's the explosion thing with because they're shooting with really bad film cameras the explosion itself is creating so much smog that it looks like it's later than it is. Yeah. But all I know is that it is, like, dark out, and then two seconds later, they're on a sunny beach. So they run into the beach to see a boat. Robo War comes back yeah, after Robo them. Um, he, like, fights Robo War. She swims to the boat, and he, uh, he Robo War, like, <laughs> takes out the... the, the on top of a cliffside, takes out the uh, remote, and he's like, Here to me. He doesn't even say anything, though. He's just like, mm, hands it to yeah. him. Here. Blow me up. And he's like, all right, Robo-War, I will. And... Not before, not before having a flashback. Another flashback. Another, Another flashback. flashback. Of, kill me! <laughs> yeah, he's like, put me out gently. He's like, you know, like, I won't kill you. And it's like, please, like, just do it. Kill me, just in case they turn me into a robotic Robo- killing machine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, <laughs> man, I don't think that's feasible. <laughs> um, and then he flips the switch for him and jumps off a waterfall. Best part of the movie. Yeah, he he goes ah and jumps off the waterfall. Amazing. I uh, I I genuinely laugh when that happens. The only two parts where I laugh like out loud every time in this movie are that and the Falcon getting kicked. Like Brad, like, <laughs> yeah, and yes. Yeah, so then Robo War explodes. We see that Virgin falls yeah over. falls over. <laughs> We see that Virgin has made it to the boat, and we see that Reb Brown has survived his jumping off the cliff. And then hard cut hard to credits. And then the movie's over. Immediate cut to credits. <laughs> and rock and roll. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's like, we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't need anything else. You don't need to know if they ever found each other or... Yeah. <laughs> And so yes, Robo War is over. There was no sequel. Why? Um. And so yeah. So uh, what did you guys overall? What did you think of this um, movie? Because you did. I will say you texted me. Holy shit! Yeah. Right after he finished it. It was one of those experiences with all the crazy twists and turns, mm. and Falcon kicking. Yeah. We can say it. It. Like your like kind of goes beyond belief of what you can see in a film. Right, right. I think my favorite part definitely was that the like audible noises for the robot where it was like processing code just out loud. <laughs> it just sounded like somebody just started recording their like toddler trying yeah, to like yeah. form words and just like masked it. With like a robot voice, you're like blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, and it kept like repeating the same stuff. Like, yeah, because there was also it was like a probe droid. Yeah, totally. There was also um a weird undercurrent where like at one point he was like uh he um Masher the the guy who created robot. It's like maybe uh it's a malfunction. <laughs> like, and so he's like, it's like, he's like, you can't control the malfunction. You know, he doesn't, he's essentially trying to like, be like the, it's not the robot's fault. He's yeah. killing all of you guys. Um, it's, it's a malfunction. Yeah. But they didn't really like mention that before because the plot is like simultaneously trying to like lead you on that there's something more about the robot. 
and also keep under wraps all these secrets about it. Yeah. So like it's like the movie that's literally named Robo War and literally almost right off the bat shows you that there's a robot in it and then hi- tries to then hide it from you for the rest of the movie while like throwing like misdirection at you. So like it doesn't ever like there's the, the beginning scene should have been something I think more along the lines of like this is what's actually going on. So the audience, the dramatic irony of the audience knowing that there's a robot, maybe not that the robot's a human, but at least that the robot is malfunctioning. Because, like, they never said that. And then later on, he's like, oh, maybe it's because it's malfunctioning. And you're like, would have been good to know that that's why this robot's killing everyone. That it's not just that it was just designed to do that, I guess. like Designed to just, like, turn people into desiccated corpses. Right, right. The same pre-desiccated corpses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The reused desiccated corpses. Um, well, you know, I will say that it is not as good as Predator. Uh, it's weirdly, like, kind of, if you like Predator, I think it's actually, because I love Predator, I think oh, it's yeah. really fun to watch because of how how much of a ripoff it is. Like, some ripoff movies are, are, are unwatchable. This one is definitely one of the really good literally ones. literally has scenes ripped straight from Predator. Yeah. Oh yeah, completely. Like the nice scene with scenes, lines. Yep, scenes, lines. The the whole main idea, um, and and like, I think really the the movie itself could have been billed as like Italian Predator. Yeah, like it it they could have called the movie Predator, and actually it would have made more sense than Robo War. Yeah, because that's what the I mean the, the it's hunting them, so the fact that it's a robot is being hidden with a title like Predator. You know, just like how the actual movie Predator is hiding what the Predator is behind just calling it a Predator, you know? Like, you're like, well, what, what is that? It could be a lot of things, you yeah. know? Is it an animal? Is it a monster? Is it an alien? Like, is it a robot? <laughs> so, by calling it Robo War, though, I... Because the first time I ever saw it, it was um on, like, this list of, like, you know, like, late-night movie list thing, and I was just picking stuff based on titles and seeing if it was good, like, if I could watch through it. And some of them, like, you watch five minutes and be like, okay, fuck this. Sometimes you'd watch yeah. 30 seconds and be like, no, I'm not listening to and watching this. It's, like, really bad quality and sound or whatever. And I was like, okay, Robo War, that sounds cool. Let's check it out. And was immediate thought in my head, picture, mental picture, was, like, war between robots, war against robots, probably a Terminator ripoff or yeah. something like that. Not expecting Predator at all. It's Predator. So... So, out of these uh, two uh, better film ripoff movies, what would you say is your favorite? Um, or is b- the better movie? That's hard to say. I mean, you're the hunter of the future always have sentimental value to me. Um, but Robo War is, is funny as itself as, like, the ultimate Predator ripoff. Yeah. So, yeah. it's hard to say. They're, they're each good at what they do. They're, they're, they're doing their own thing. We'll right, right. I think if you want misdirection, RoboWars got your number. But if you want, like, Red Brown shirtless, <laughs> then you, you gotta go with your... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm also... I'm gonna... It's uh, tough. It's they're, 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 They have so much, like, similarities between them. Right. Just because of, you know, like, the team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me to say, too. I, like, I really liked your... And I would say, like, out of the two movies I had more, I, I had an easier time watching today because, like, I didn't, I wasn't getting, like, distracted. 
Yor was definitely that. That's also be, probably just because I haven't seen it. Yeah. So like, uh, but yeah, I actually would give the nod probably to Yor, just by a bit. But I think they're pretty much like equals. They're both really fun, um, and I think like that both of them are like movies I would definitely recommend to people who like this sort of stuff. Um, you're gonna top it all off with Strike Commander. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what we're gonna do next time. We gotta get in there and, and cover. Uh, so got strike commander and uh what was the other one? Oh yeah shocking dark i haven't There's... seen that but strike commanders i feel like we have to make it a point to see all these red brown yeah films. oh yeah we well there those two are not red brown i don't believe here let's i think he's in strike commander he's in one of those two and yeah. i can't remember which one let's see so shocking dark also known as terminator 2 terminator 2 <laughs> terminate uh aliens 2 alienators and Contaminator. Whoa. Ooh. It's a 1989 science fiction film, and that was also written by Claudio Fargasso, who wrote Troll 2 on, and uh, Robo War. And that one was directed by Bruno. And it does not star Red Brown. Let's see about Strike Commando. Yes. So Strike Commando, uh, 87... Italian-Filipino Vietnam War films directed mm. by Bruno and starring Red Brown. Yes. So, First Blood. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I know there's plenty more. Like, literally, you could go through this guy's list. Uh, oh, here's another one. This is another one I wanted to bring up that I've heard about before but never seen. Because um, the other thing that this guy, the director, did a lot of was uh, Nazi exploitation films, oh. including SS Girls, which is one of those, like, it's like calling it softcore porn isn't even fair. It's like there's lots of boobs in it uh-huh. and like no actual pornography, but like it's what what stood for pornography back then. And that's basically what Nazi exploitation is. But yeah, SS Girls is another one. Uh, but none of the Nazi exploitation movies have American actors, probably because they were like way too tactful to go anywhere near that. But the Italians were like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> we were a part of it. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> We were That's friends. Okay. We were friends. Yeah, yeah. They're okay with it. But yeah, he's got a bunch. Uh, Hell of the Living Dead. Just even if you just read some of these, Rats, Night of Terror. No. Um, violence in a Women's Prison. I think that one's oh. also a softcore. Cruel Jaws. Let's noticing a theme here. Cruel Jaws, also known as a beast. Let's see. It is. Well, it doesn't say. Uh, it is it. It was it was marketed in many areas as Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws, but is not actually part of the Jaws franchise. However, it is a Jaws ripoff. It is about a great white shark attacking a beach town. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure all his movies are probably in some way a, uh, a ripoff film. Sadly, uh, it looks like he stopped making films in the late 80s early 90s so we don't have all after all these successes yeah yeah let's see yeah 1992 his last film madness 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 it was uh wait a minute <laughs> this is this is interesting okay so this is a movie about a guy who's creator of a comic series called dr dark dr dark is a character with a split personality basically i guess jekyll and hyde after a series of murders begin to happen in a similar fashion to Dr. Dark's fictional murders, the creator defends herself against any criticism of the violence in her comics and later finds that the murder is leaving the eyeballs of her victims in her apartment. 
Whoa. Dude, I kind of want to really want to see this movie. Yeah. Could be like seven. <laughs> it, it's like from that, I honestly wouldn't. If I had read that and didn't know who the director was at all, I'd be like, that could be a good movie. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound too bad. That sounds interesting. It's probably awful, but so all right. Just a bunch of grapes yeah. around an apartment. <laughs> So I want to thank you guys for coming on today. Um, and oh, thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. Why don't you give a little plug for uh, your podcast slash whatever you're in t- up to right now? We are the Dork Web, and we have a podcast. Uh, it's great. You should take a listen. And other than that, uh, we will soon be doing a Devil May Cry marathon uh, for charity. And we'll be posting more details on our website at uh, www.thedorkweb.net. Nice. So uh, what are some of the stuff you get? I mean, just like general geek culture? Oh, yeah, like, so like board I like games. Compl- I like to complain about things. We <laughs> love to complain. Uh, and we put things through rigorous filters. But uh, we talk about comics, board games, and video games. Nice. Sometimes yeah. movies, if they're good. Yeah, yeah. Like Into the Spider-Verse, quite possibly. Very good. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I have not seen it yet, but oh, I've man. only heard really great things. It sets a, it sets a new bar for like hero and like yeah. animated, even animated film in general. Awesome. Yeah, it's bar. from I mean, from what I've seen in previews, it looks fantastic animation wise. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I've heard very very good like things. Pop art. There's another movie that's there's actually what's it? Oh my god, it's uh that dra- the dragon movie. Oh, that's, like How to Train Your Dragon. That also has like an an out. I haven't seen a single one of those. Movies. I've only seen the first one, but. It has an outstanding, like, rating right now on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, like, 98 or something like that. I don't know what's a popular film. Apparently, they just made, like, a tie-in video game that's, like, really good as far as, like, Zelda clones go. Like, 2D, like, side-scrolling Zelda clones. They were like, man, like, didn't expect How to Drain Your Dragon spinoff game to be, like, a fun video game. That's awesome. Yeah, I read that. I... I think I saw that article too. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, did you see the uh, Link's Awakening? I think it is. Uh, oh yeah. Remix thing that they're doing. Yeah. That that got me real excited. But that just reminded me of it because Zelda slash <laughs> the animation of it. Yeah, man. Um, Zelda's hot. It is. I like Zelda a lot. Super hot. I like Zelda a lot. I actually still. I mean, I have I have Breath of the Wild for uh, Wii U, but I have to get the Switch version. I just was like, I've been putting it off. It's like, I already beat the game on Wii U. Oh, so I barely even touched it. Every time I, like, booted up, just like, oh, God, where do I go? Just, like, well, I, like, got through, I basically, like, did enough that I could fight Ganon. But what I love about the game is that it's, um, it, the boss, and, and a lot of people actually hate this, I guess. I love it, though. The boss fight is a game, game over situation, win or lose. It sends you back to before the boss fight. So you can just go fight him whenever you want. You get no, you get nothing but story from defeat from finishing the game, and I kind of like that because it's like I don't want a game like that to just be over and then I can't go back and play. So it's like either pick one, either you, you know the game's completely over and you go back to a save, or the game continues. But what's the point of the game continuing if fucking Ganon's dead? Yeah. Like there's nothing else to do. So, um, I. Like, got to that point and was like, well, let me try it. And I beat him. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I can just mess around and, like, try to find all the other stuff in the game. Yeah. So, but I probably put, like, 50, 60 hours into it. But I was like, I might There's as well get it. a lot to do. Yeah. Just did yeah, hour yeah. 50 in Kingdom Hearts 3 last night. Wow. 
What's the most, like, hours you think you've ever put in on a video game? Uh, I know this already, just off the top of my head. Final Fantasy X, 162 hours. PS2. Have the Dude. memory card in my stock mm. I have 233 hours. However, it's spaced out over a while, but still, 230, I think it's 33 hours in Deus Ex. The first Deus really? Ex, oh, yeah. Nice. I, my buddy uh, Cameron, shout out to Cameron, uh... They gifted it to me, um, like, gets uh, copies of it, and they were like, here, I'm just going to give this out and um, to, like, friends or whatever, and so gave me a copy, and I was like, I haven't played this game since high school, but that's awesome, and then just played it, like, constantly, especially at work, because I had it <laughs> on my work computer. And it would get, I would just, like, I got really into console commands and, like, just spent hours and hours just, like, putting thousands of characters in a room and then blowing them all up and see what I would happen. I did that a lot with, like, Doom 3. Yeah. On the, on the PC. Yep. 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 That and uh, the Elder Scrolls Morrowind. Like, honestly, in if I could have actually tracked it throughout my life, I'd probably put in, like, 500 hours into <laughs> Elder Scrolls Morrowind. <laughs> Loved that game. Yeah, Oblivion. All the time. Oh, man. You like buy it That's on a new console. That is probably the game I've sunk in the most time into is Oblivion. Mm. Those games are just so immersive. And it, I think, like, with each, especially, like, with, a, you know, each uh, intonation or whatever of the game, mm -hmm. they become a little bit less so like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, you could put so many hours into Morrowind just because there was so much reading <laughs> involved yeah. and, like, so much, like... Reading through, looking through dialogue to find the right shit to click on and stuff. And, and now we're at Fallout 76 where you can finally play with <clears> your friends but have nothing to do. Right. Did you hear the thing about, I don't know if this is even true because I just saw this like shared on Facebook or something. There's a guy who got banned after putting in like 900 or 600 yes. hours into the yes. game. And he was like the Bethesda only player who liked it and played it legitimately. And Bethesda and thought he was him. cheating so they banned him. Oh, uh, yeah. That whole thing has Bethesda been such a mess doing so well with that. They cannot catch a break with that game. They're, it's just like one game-breaking patch have another. They have not made a good Fallout game. No. Since... That's why The Outer Worlds is yeah. people getting a lot of traction on it. And I mean, I guess they were partially involved with 3, but like I really considered 3 and... New Vegas to be Obsidian yeah. Black Isle games, like that's why they're so good. Like, and and when you go back to uh, where the, or you know where the first two was Black Isle or something, I don't remember. But the studio who made the the first two games, like they're all distinctive to each other, and every like I like three, but three is weak, pretty weak compared to one and two. New Vegas is probably the best of the new ones, and then four I was so disappointed in, and uh, like a bunch of my friends loved it, and I was like, well, yeah, the combat is fantastic. That's the only thing. Everything else they took away from Fallout. They like took everything I loved about Fallout, minus like the cheeky '50s sort of like jokey vibe to I'm everything. Getting sick of that vibe. Me too, because that's that vibe was darker in the first four, you know, if you want to call them games, before yeah. Fallout 4. And then in Fallout 4, it just became, like, there's just, there's something, Too um... Hokey. Yeah, hokey about it, that, that, and it lost the, like, kind of, Menacing like, kind of undertone. Totally, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like the vault experiments, and, mm -hmm. like, the psychic mm -hmm. ghosts. And, oh, man. Yeah. What, what's your, let's, we'll leave it on this. What was your favorite vault experiment? 
Ooh, I don't actually remember them all so well, but I think I remember one in Fallout 3 where you're going through the vault and there's all these, like, flashes and, like, ghost imprints yes. or something you keep, like, like that. going back into in time and yeah. then you find, like, the people's all killed each other or yeah. killed themselves. Yeah, like, you know. their skeletons. Yep. There's, like, weird purple, like, dusty mm-hmm. kind of energy. Yeah, that one's looking good. Yeah. I like the one that... It was, I think it was in New Vegas, the plant people. I was that was one of them. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it has all the mantises in it, and then deeper you go, you find the oh my god, the first time I ran into one of those, it was a vats, but it was like it was one of those where you vats and you spin around, yeah. and it was like this. It was like one eighty, and, and it was like staring at me. Was like what? No, thank you. And I uh I turned around. I later on would go back and finish it, but at that point I was like, nope, fuck that. The other vault though, my favorite that did that to me. Is the Gary vault? Oh yeah, where was Gary? Yeah, <laughs> that. The, I was another one where I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. And I have a big problem in games like that. I had the same problem in Skyrim in the like Draugr caves. I can't do underground. Like I get like claustrophobic. Yeah. Same thing in like the buildings and stuff. In the open world of any of those games, I'm completely fine. Never bothers me. But once I get into those little like underground tunnels, I'm like, speaking of Skyrim and all this stuff, apparently there's like a new mod that's out that's pretty stable. It's a multiplayer mod for Skyrim. Interesting. And I think we're going to need to try that. Can you do it on PS4? Uh, no, it's a PC, PC only. only. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting. I would love we've never finished to do Skyrim. That. At least I've never finished Skyrim. Oh, I finished Skyrim. Uh, I, I did once. Was that, is that, what's that guy's name? The dragon's name? Alduin? Uh, Alduin, yeah. Alduin, the world yeah. leader. Yeah. yeah, I beat I've him. I've got so many statues. From the past <laughs> and the future. Yeah, I defeated him. But that's about all I remember. Oh, and yeah, you like go to Sovngarde to fight them and yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a cool. It's a cool game. Um, and it it definitely. I mean, I played it for a lot. I probably put like 120 fucking hours yeah. into that game, or at least 60. But like, it it definitely like for me, I always go back to Morrowind, and I think a lot of that has to do with just like how how much more expansive the Morrowind world felt. Yeah. Um. And, like, all these games, it's the same when you go back and play, like, like Fallout 2, I think, was my favorite, if I remember correctly, of those games. And you just feel like every game you're getting, like, a smaller version of that game with less and less of what made the older games so unique and great. But Sky- Skyrim just had too much of, like, this, like, one color palette to everything. Yeah. White and gray. Yeah, and yeah. it's, like, Morrowind and Oblivion had, like, were super colorful yeah, crazy and like, plants giant right mushrooms. and every town felt distinct yeah each yeah. province you know? in Cyrodiil or wherever it was they have like one town in or two really in Skyrim that are like distinct yeah. Whiterun and, and Winterhold or whatever and then you have Falkreath ha- is pretty distinct too well but the but there's a, another town that's exactly like Falkreath yeah there's like a clone town that's also in the south actually we have the map right here there's two two towns in the south that have Jarls that are that are like the same town. They're like they have like the same lodge and everything. And then and 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 that is also reused for Dawnstar, only with snow oh, put yeah, on top were, of they're it. They're one of those minor. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I guess winter. Uh. Yeah. Winterhold in the this is the college and then the the port city. They're unique. Dawnstar. Yeah. No. Not not Dawn. Not the the one where the 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 leader of the rebellion is. Oh. When. Windhelm. Windhelm, yeah. yeah. I always get Winterhold and Windhelm confused. It's, but yeah, yeah, there's a, like, and, and I guess, I mean, there's so, somewhat so in, like, how Riven is laid out, 
but like pretty much all of like the big the, there's like four or five big towns that are really different than everything else it's just same. wooden buildings yeah <laughs> and i don't know it was just cooler to like the first time that i came across vivek in morrowind i was like oh what <laughs> This is too, it was like too big. It was like overwhelming. I'm like, there's another giant, there's another giant, there's another giant one of these. Like yeah. how many people are in this city? And like, so it, and it was so different looking from everything. And like, yes, they do reuse that. Like you find another one of those buildings. Uh, there's a smaller city in the north in Morrowind that's like that. But like, just, I don't know. It didn't feel as much like just swapped pallets. And and like oh here we are now you're in this area like there there definitely felt like differences to the different realms of the world and stuff so but anyway <laughs> I was just like now that we've dissected yes. uh, bio or not BioWare but uh, Bethesda Bethesda a little bit um yeah so I want to thank you guys for sticking around and listening I want to thank you guys for being my guests oh, of course I uh, can't. Wait till the next time we can get together and do this and cover uh, at least one more. If not, we can find we'll probably find a couple more Red Brown movies. Yeah, won't be February. But, no, uh, but the spirit is still. Yes, yeah. it's always February in your yeah. heart. It'll be February in April or May or whatever. You know, yeah, whatever you want. Exactly. It's like Christmas in July. All right, guys. So thank you, and as always, have a great night, and we will see.